السلام عليكم ورحمة الله وعليكم السلام It was my internet today, Sheikh. Oh, wallahi, I was worried, Sheikh. I didn't know what was going on. <laughs> anyway, we'll, we'll start again, inshallah. Basically, in the 24th juz, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He speaks about, you know, he, there's a few stories He mentioned. However, the first point we wanted to touch on as we were speaking about is the first or the verse where a lot of scholars mention that this verse gives the most hope in the Quran. That is where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala calls out to the people, those who've transgressed, those who've sinned, those who've exceeded the limits. He says, calling out to all those who've, you know, wronged themselves. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is calling out to, the, to them, saying, oh, my slave, oh, my worshiper, oh, my servant. Don't lose hope in the mercy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Inna Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is able to forgive all your sins, no matter how big it may be, no matter how small it may be. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will forgive. It's just up to you to, you know, make that change. Turn to him and start doing something about those sins. Start rectifying, you know, the mistakes you made. He's there. He's called you. You know, we could say the offer is there. It's up to you now. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala didn't say if you did so much sin and you know what, there's no forgiveness for you. No, he's calling you and he says, He is the one who forgives. He is the one who covers sin and he is the most merciful. So something interesting I thought of just now, you know, when you've harmed or wronged a human being and uh, you, you usually you realize that you've done something wrong. You go to them and you ask them for forgiveness. Here, the one who is being wronged, Allah is asking you to come to him and come. I'll forgive you. Come. So you've done something wrong against him. You've, you've uh, disobeyed his commands, etc. And he's asking you, come. Don't lose hope in the mercy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. That's something amazing. As Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam informs us in other ahadith, there's many ahadith, but one of them he mentions that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is, you know, he becomes happy. He's happier for the tawbah of one of his slaves than a person who you know, he goes out on a journey and he's in the middle of the desert, so to speak, and he has his animal and his animal runs away. And this person is looking, looking, you know, when you're stuck in the middle of the desert, it's hot, you've got nowhere to go. You you most definitely going to die because there's nothing else there left for you unless Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala saves you. And he says that after looking and searching, this man eventually gives up and he, you know, sits down or lies down. And then eventually he finds his animal with him or it's back with him. And out of, you know, his, his happiness, he, he refers to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala as, as uh, correct me if I'm wrong, he refers to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala as being, you know, the slave and him being the Lord. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. This, this mistake out of happiness and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is happier when a person makes tawbah than this person is, you know, when he's been saved from near death or when he was staring death in the face. You know, we could almost say that it's like a happiness of hysteria because he didn't know what he was doing. And he says, uh, you know, he didn't know what he was saying. He says, oh Allah, you are my uh, servant and I am your your Rabb. Of course, it was the other way around. So, Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam says, He made a mistake from the uh, 
the severity of the happiness that he felt, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala becomes more happy when we turn to him than that. that that's uh, subhanAllah, that's some one amazing hadith. Uh, it teaches us even the reaction of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to the tawbah that we uh, engage in and the istighfar that we seek. Earlier you had mentioned the hadith of Yabna Adama Law Balagat Dunubuka Anana Sama. Maybe if we you could repeat that. Yes, so uh, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in this ayah that those who have been extreme with themselves, right? So in the hadith Qudsi, it's mentioned that if you were to come to me with the sins equal or, or right up to the heavens that have filled up the heavens basically, and then I would come to you with forgiveness similar to that. So no matter how many sins you've made, you've committed sin after sin after sin after sin, you know, it takes only one tawbah for you to sincerely turn back to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and he forgives all of those sins. So subhanAllah, that's something amazing. You know, ultimately Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is shakur and he's kareem. And as we see in so many hadith of the Messenger sallallahu alayhi wasallam, he mentions how a woman who, you know, was involved in a bad sin, she was a prostitute. However, she went down and she... You know, she got water for the dog and she fed it and she was then forgiven. Another man who was walking on the road and he just saw a branch and he moved it so that this branch doesn't harm anybody. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala forgives him so many ahadith. You know, that small deed you do. And when you turn to Allah sincerely, there was a man who wanted to make tawbah after killing so many people. And he was on his way to another city and then he dies on the way. And the angels then, you know, they, they debating, where will he go? Should with the angels of Rahmah and mercy take him or the angels of Adab? He, he hadn't yet made his tawbah fully, so to say, or he hadn't reached his destination. And you find that because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala causes his body to be closer to the place of goodness or Rahmah or where he was on his way, then he is forgiven. Absolutely, wallahi, Allah is ghafoor and he is rahim. SubhanAllah, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, you know, especially during this month, we've been given so many opportunities. There's still so many days left, so many minutes, so many hours. Turn to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. It's, you know, it's it's your chance. So many people have passed on. They thought they would make tawbah later on. They thought they would do good deeds. And you know, at the end of the day, as Allah says, You know, sometimes there's something you want to do, and but Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, can, He is the one who can prevent it. He can come in between yourself and what you want to do. So ultimately, it's all by His mercy, His grace, His help. Ask Him and you yourself also turn. You've still got the choice. You've still got, you know, that power and ability as you are living. Shaykhana, is there anything else you'd like to add on this point? I think we move on, inshallah. Inshallah. The next point we want to touch on, again, the story of Musa and Fir'aun, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentions it. An interesting point he mentions is, you know, when Musa alayhi salam came with some of the signs, Fir'aun then goes and tells the people, he says, Musa Leave me, I just will kill off Musa. Let him call his Rabb. Let him do what he wants. Fir'aun, you know what's sad is that immediately, like a, like a tyrant, or he was, Fir'aun, the worst of people, he goes, he sees this Nabi. This Nabi is not telling him to do anything wrong. Immediately, he just wants to kill him off. 
Interestingly, a person who is in the house or close to Fir'aun, وَقَالَ رَجُلٌ مُؤْمِنٌ مِّنْ آلِ فِرْعَوْنَ يَكْتُمُ إِيمَانَ He was a believer, hiding his belief. He says, أَتَقْتُلُونَ رَجُلًا أَنْ يَقُولَ رَبِّيَ اللَّهِ Are you wanting to kill a man who is just saying, my Lord is Allah, and he's come to you with clear signs. Look at how Fir'aun, not thinking about anything, he just wants to go and kill Musa السلام, off. And this man who is a believer, is saying that, you know what, hold on a second, don't kill him, start, you know, being, be rational. The man is only calling you to worship Allah, he's only calling you to do goodness. He then says, You know, if he's lying, then he lies against himself. And then he also mentions that if he's truthful, then some of that punishment will actually afflict you. The point I want to get is sometimes out of emotion out of not using our brains, out of not, you know, just pondering a little bit further, we end up doing silly things. And at times it can lead a person to just wanting to kill everybody off. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala save us. Look at how this mu'min who was in the house of Fir'aun is telling him, you know what, use, use your intellect for a little while, think for a bit. The man is, he didn't threaten you. He, he's just calling you to do something. If he's lying, then his lies against him. But if he's truthful, then something will reach you. No need to go out and kill him or, you know, shoot the messenger. He's come with a message at the end of the day. Yes, wallahi, emotion can really cloud a judgment. That's a powerful point derived there uh, from this, you know, subhanAllah, something that we can really benefit from. Uh, emotion clouds our judgment and then sometimes people can do random things and end up uh, committing the most heinous of crimes. Uh, may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala protect us. Uh, you know, building on that point, uh, you touched on it as well, where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is saying that this man is telling them that if he is truthful, then you will be punished or something will happen to you, you know, from what he is promising you. And if he is lying, then he is, that, that is his problem. Then that's upon him. You, you won't be harmed by that lie. Uh, so he's using logic in order to appeal to these people and tell them to come to Islam. This is something that we can all learn from. You know, sometimes we think let's uh, always just use a spiritual approach to call people to Islam. But you can also use logic. Uh, tell them that, look, if these people are lying, what, what have you... Uh, gained from, you know, what have you lost from following, from not following them? You've lost everything because if there is a life after death, for example, and you tell them that, look, if there is life after death, then, and you don't believe, then you've lost everything. And if there isn't a life, then you haven't lost anything. You've just lost uh, maybe a few years of your life in this world. That's all. So even that is not a loss in reality because you're just sticking by certain rules and regulations. So why not accept Islam? So if we promote Islam in this way uh, to the atheist mind or to the one who doesn't believe, this might make more sense uh, than the one who, uh, you know, has a bit of belief or something. You, know, you mentioned, as, as you said, that every, every, you know, every place, every conversation, it has its style of words, it has its approach. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in many verses, he speaks about Jannah and Jahannam. In other verses, he calls the people to use logic, ponder over this, look at that, look at this. And bi'ithnillah, if you are truthful, you are then guided to, you know, you, you are guided bi'ithnillah. Another thing you mentioned, something interesting, that, you know, 
sometimes you use logic with certain people because there's things that make sense. As we mentioned before, the Quran and logic that is, uh, you know, salim or, you know, not, not diluted, not polluted, etc. You find that a person won't find any contradiction in between this Quran and normal logic, right? Another point, when debating or not debating, trying to put your point of, of common sense across, you find this other ayat in the Quran where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he, he calls them to ponder over something. Like look at this ayah where the man is telling them, people of Fir'aun, you know, think about this. He's just calling you to believe in Allah. If he's telling a lie, his lie will be against him. It won't affect you. But if he's telling you something true, something will happen. There are other verses in the Quran where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he, you know, when the, where the people are arguing, he's, he says that your argument, at times he dismisses it, and at times he says he dismisses it directly. And at times he says that if this was the case, maybe you should have thought of it from this angle. So I give you an example. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, in many verses, he tells us how the Quran is complete, how the Quran is a book from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Whilst there were people around telling, and is the word of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Whilst there were people around who were saying that, you know what, it's made up from Muhammad, it's the word of man. He's got it from the previous generations. There are verses where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says that's not the case. And then there are verses where he says that if that was the case. So look at that. The first he's saying that, no, that's not the case. There are also other verses saying if that was the case. If we had to agree with you on that. We would have found or you would have found a lot of contradiction in it. And there's many verses in the Quran like that. You know, when you debating with someone, yes, on their level, but at times you're allowed to go down to what they are saying, and then using that same point, you, you know, you flip it or you mention it from a different angle where they didn't see, and their own point becomes not for them, but rather against them, and it's a deep topic to study. Subhanallah, subhanallah, there's, there's so much that we can take away from what you just said, uh, May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us the ability to benefit from that. Uh, we can really learn uh, lessons as to how to give da'wah and how to talk to people, debate with others. Uh, at the same time, we find that this man was also speaking to a person or people who were, uh, you know, around Fir'aun. And they were, these were people basically who were supporting a man who's atheist. So he, he didn't believe. He believed in him being a god rather than Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. He believed he was uh, the god, uh, yes. Yes, yes. So, so there's different approaches with different people, like you rightfully mentioned, subhanAllah. So we can really benefit from that. Uh, also, I find interesting that he kept his iman hidden. He didn't really make it apparent. So sometimes in certain circumstances and situations, you don't need to lie about being a disbeliever or something like you don't need to say that I am because, of course, you aren't. But you can, uh, you know, keep that iman uh, you know, on the quiet, keep it, keep it hidden. You don't need to make it apparent to the people that you're uh, 100% with this cause or ideology before you promote it to them, because in that case, they might feel that you're compromised already. Uh, so this man remained silent, you know, and uh, that might have been the reason. It may have been also that he wanted to protect himself because it said that he was a Coptic man from amongst the people that were there. So uh, perhaps he wanted to protect himself. He, they, they could have killed him off if he came out uh, 
declaring his belief in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So uh, there's various things that we can really learn from this. Yes. Shaykhana, is there anything else you'd like to mention on this point before we go to the last point? Inshallah, we move on. In Surah Fussilat, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala speaks about, you know, some of the nations. He speaks about Ad and Thamud. How Ad thought they were, Ad, the people of Hud, they thought they were very strong. And if the punishment came, they would be able to, you know, fight this punishment because of their strength. And then he also speaks about Thamud, the people of Salih alayhi salam. We've mentioned this before. We've mentioned the story. We've also gone into a bit of detail. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentions it again. What's interesting, reading through the books of Tafasir, the Mufassirin mentioned that a lot of the times Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentions the story of Thamud Salih alayhi salam to these people who are in Mecca at the time because this they used to see their dwellings or their houses on the trade route. They used to go from Medina or Mecca towards Sham. From Medina, they would pass you know, the, 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 we could say the houses or the dwellings of the people of Thamud. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, a lot of times he mentions the story in detail in various chapters of the Quran because it's something they would see in front of them. It's something they were well aware of and they knew about. Also, when it comes to Fir'aun, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentions his destruction and his story a lot. One of the reasons being is because the story of Fir'aun was so famous the people of Makkah also knew it at the time. It also reached them. The point I want to get to is that look at how Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he, you know, expands or constantly mentions something that they were accustomed to and they were seeing. Yes, he does mention other stories, but he mentions certain stories in more detail. And as some of the Mufassiri mentioned, because, you know, it was closer to these people, this was something they could see. And the lesson we can take from that is, when we are explaining something to somebody or we want to give advice or something general, one of the best things you can do is look for something that's apparent in this person's life, something that they can see, even an example you want to give. Try and give examples which are relevant, examples that people relate to. You know, your speech, especially when talking about it, it should be relevant to what that other person is used to or accustomed to, especially if it's possible. Allahi, so true. That's so true. Uh, Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam looked for these opportunities to give the people da'wah and to explain to them. Uh, subhanallah. Uh, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, الْأَرْضِ So as for Ad, they were arrogant on the earth. Now, you know, something of interest, having wealth is not necessarily a bad thing. Uh, being strong is not a bad thing. Being powerful is not a bad thing. But when that leads you to arrogance, that's when it becomes a bad thing. These people, they didn't remain humble. So sometimes people become apologetic for the wealth that they have or the money that they have or the power and status that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has granted them. Uh, you don't need to be apologetic for this. But at the same time, we need to remain humble. Uh, and that's that's the main thing in, in all of the... Uh, stories that we see where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala punished them, uh, you know, where he punished them, it was for their arrogance or their defiance. It wasn't for what they had. Harun wasn't punished because of what he had. Uh, what was the difference between him and Sulaiman? Uh, the difference was one was a believer in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. He didn't defy Allah's commands and uh, believe that he was better uh, than others. Yet the other one, 
uh, actually defied Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, rejected his commands and actually said that he was the one who was the source of that wealth and he was the one who uh, earned it and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala had no role to play in that. Uh, so that, that's where the problem comes in, where you reject Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala totally because of this, uh, this wealth or power or uh, strength that you have. You, know, you mentioned such a powerful point, and we've mentioned it before, we've discussed it between us, and it's important to discuss it again, that you know what, if you've got power, if you've got wealth, it's not necessarily a sign that Allah is happy or he's not happy with you. Same as if you don't have anything, that's not the sign. It's a test ultimately from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to see if you are grateful or you are patient or both at the same time. You know what, as we mentioned that, you know, even if you don't have anything, it doesn't mean Allah is angry with you. No, it's also a test to show that you are, are you patient? Will you ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? Will you make dua? Will you try, etc. So when it comes to these people, they thought they were very strong and very powerful. And the defining factor was, as you mentioned, they disobeyed Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala ultimately. Qarun, the same thing. He thought his wealth was, you know, from him. He disobeyed Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. As for pious people, the Anbiya, Sulaiman alayhi salam, he had everything and he was grateful. You know, whatever Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala ordered him to do, he did and Allah praised him. Same when it comes to, you know, the Sahaba radiallahu anhum, you find that there were those who didn't have much. Uh, they were poor. They lived in the Masajid, for example, Sahabu Sufa, etc. And there were also those who had a lot, but you find that there was these and those and they together, they became a complete community. They completed one another. Those would help these and these would help those, etc. So what we're trying to get to is that in and of itself, wealth and power status is not necessarily bad. It depends how the person uses it. Yes, absolutely. Uh, Sheikh Nas, uh, there, there was, did you want to make a point? Uh, another point? No. Okay, uh, so one more point, inshallah, on the same uh, story. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, Thamud So as for Thamud, we guided them, so they preferred uh, blindness over guidance. They actually wanted this blindness this is what allah subhanahu wa ta'ala describes misguidance as so we can learn from this that you know in in several places in the quran allah subhanahu wa ta'ala talks about how uh, allah subhanahu wa ta'ala takes away the light and he leaves them in the darknesses where they cannot see so why does allah subhanahu wa ta'ala talk about sight all the time this sight that we have, uh, the physical sight, is something, a powerful tool that we can use to gain belief in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And it's also a possibility that the same sight that you're using to see and believe, believe someone else can use to disbelieve in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And this is why later on, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, they, they will have a conversation with their limbs, so to speak, with their skins. That why is it that you've borne witness against us? Uh, 
Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the one who made us speak, the one who made everything speak, and he created everything in the beginning. So uh, this is something interesting. You know, your limbs and especially the sight, we find this again and again in the Quran where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is mentioning these uh, verses to do with sight. Uh, I think it's a powerful means of belief in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and gaining, you know, uh, insight into uh, the, the, the wisdom behind creation, the purpose of creation, etc. Yes, ultimately using all the bounties you've been given, you know, to ponder and reflect over what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has created, what he's calling you to look at and believe in. And as you mentioned, there is that physical sight where you can see. And then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala also speaks about how, you know, people's hearts become hard and they can't see from inside. Basically, they've got no no light from the inside. So they may be uh, seeing apparently, but they're not seeing it in the correct context or light. Absolutely. Uh, shall we move on, Sheikh? I think uh, we've come to the end, unless there's anything else you'd like to mention. Oh, sorry. I, I didn't realize we've come to the end, actually. SubhanAllah. Alhamdulillah. Uh, yes, Shukhan, anything else you'd like to add? Uh, I, I touched on the point of uh, how they'll have a conversation with their, with their skins, etc. And that's something also that's uh, absolutely amazing. You know, the fact that the skin that you felt you had so much control over, you had so much ability to control and put in, in, in certain ways, that skin and that, that you use to disobey Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will now speak out against you. So the fact that these bodies are with us today, uh, we shouldn't assume and think that they're happy in and of themselves if they have an irada of their own, uh, that they're happy with what you're uh, driving them towards. You might be driving them towards sin or wrongdoing. It doesn't mean they're happy with that. They're just being. Uh, they're just doing that because Allah Subhanahu wa Taala has given you control over that body for the time being. But the day that they will have the, the the ability to speak, then they'll speak up saying that you know this is what this man used us for. This is what they did. So if we bear that in mind, I think it's a deterrent from sin today. Uh, if you look at your body and think of it and say that you know, Allah Subhanahu wa Taala has given me this body as an amana. But in reality, you know, maybe these limbs don't want me to do what I'm doing right now. Uh, then perhaps that can deter you from the sin. You know, and a similarly, a similar example, not the same, but just to bring it closer, you know, today where we've got so much, uh, you know, so many cameras watching people, or for example, when you're on your phone, your messages, for example, you send on WhatsApp, you can go to a message you sent to somebody so many years ago, you go through your archive, everything's recorded and you see the conversation exactly as it happened. And we're able to understand this, that you know what, something I said uh, 10 years ago, I can still use as evidence against somebody or somebody can use it as evidence against me. What about these records that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala speaks about? What about us, you know, our own limbs, our own eyesight, our own bounties, the earth itself that we carried out our deeds on, whether good or bad, it will also bear witness on the, on the day of Qiyamah. So I think that brings it a little bit closer to the mind that these things we see today that are recording everything, that have records of everything, and ultimately Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, you know, he's got the records, everything is written down, the angels write down all that we do, and those records are in full. Nothing is increased, nothing is decreased as it is. 
And may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala protect us and make that accounting and that hisab easy for all of us. Well, what a powerful point. I mean, what a powerful point because, uh, you know, you mentioned how you have history on certain apps, etc., and you go onto them. Uh, you know, this is so relatable. Sometimes you've forgotten what trans, uh, transpired at the time. And you go and you look at it and you say, hey, wow, I didn't even, I don't even, it's like you're looking at it for the first time. And uh, similarly, you know, you can come on the day of Qiyamah and ha- having forgotten certain things you've done, yet Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is all aware and he's kept account of everything. Ultimately, may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us all goodness. Shaykhana, alhamdulillah, the 24th Jews we've completed. Inshallah, tomorrow the 25th Jews, roughly only five Jews left, six Jews left. And alhamdulillah, it's been a good session so far and also throughout the month of Ramadan. Jazakumullahu khayran. Anything else you'd like to mention? Allahi jazakallah khayran. It's been a pleasure, alhamdulillah. And uh, yes, it's a very short time left. And we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to grant us the ability to benefit from it in the manner that we should be doing so. Amin, amin. We ask him to write it down as good deeds for us. I mean, Shaykhana, a lot of people in the comments were saying that they want us to continue even after Ramadan, maybe at a different time, a different schedule. Inshallah, we will try and work that out, see what we can do. Maybe we'll go to this, the same type of program we had before Ramadan, where we were, you know, mentioning topics, uh, day-to-day topics, whether it was relationships or marriage or social media, other topics that have been suggested. Inshallah, we will try and, uh, you know, continue, bi'idhnillah. Inshallah, inshallah, definitely. Sheikhna, I must go. Somebody has come to visit me. So, Jazakallah khair. I'll, I'll see you, inshallah. Assalamu alaikum. Wa alaikum assalam wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.